Thank you for tuning into the Chapel Valley Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you and builds a deeper level of faith in you. To learn more about Chapel Valley and our mission, go to chapelvalley.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this message. Thanks for the warm welcome. I appreciate it. Well, you have to bear with me a little bit. I'm working off my phone this morning. I couldn't get... Uh, I had some printer problems, and then I'm normally up here with just my laptop, and I realized my wife currently has my laptop in Minnesota. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're going off phone today. So you'll have to bear with me here. But I got all my notes. We're all good. I went through the message a few times already. It's a good one, um, but I'm still... I was actually just telling somebody this morning about this. I'm still very much so in the middle of this message. And I don't mean in the middle of preparing it. I mean I'm kind of in the middle of experiencing uh, the things that God is doing through me that this message has to do with. And so this is very much so kind of a work in progress, and I'm kind of just excited to share with you guys. Um, but last week we did wrap up our message. I believe Pastor Jay already kind of touched on this. But we wrapped up our series, rather, uh, called Life to the Full. And so that whole series had to do with living life to the fullest. Now when we hear that in a worldly view, it oftentimes looks like you know, getting the best job or making the most money or having the most fun, living life to the fullest. But we were looking at it from the perspective of a believer and somebody who's in a relationship with Jesus and having access to the things that uh, really have us experience life abundantly. So the whole series was based off of John 10, verse 10, which says this, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and to have it to the full. And just last week, the message that we used to wrap up this whole series uh, was called He is Merciful and Gracious. And I kind of just wanted to plug this a little bit because every single week we have something called the Midweek Podcast where uh, we kind of jump on and it's really designed just to be a roundtable discussion of believers that are talking with the message as kind of a backbone to the discussion, but we're not analyzing the message or anything like that. We're literally just talking about the things that God is doing in our life, and we use the the message as a basis. And something Pastor Jay had brought up in that message that we talked about on the podcast uh, was out of Psalms 103.7. It says, He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. And what I appreciate is, I feel like every time you read uh, anything from scripture, it can be really easy to like get to the end of a sentence and be like, I feel like I didn't really get anything. But when you go back and you really take the time to allow God to speak to you through it, it doesn't matter if it's like two words or three words or four words. I feel like every single time you can get something new out of it. And what Pastor Jay was uh, pointing out was a lot of times the Bible will say things like this and it seems like it's just reiterating the same point, right? So he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. His ways and his acts are actually two different things. And something that we had talked about on the podcast is I was like, I feel like even if you're not in a relationship with Jesus or God or maybe you don't even believe that he exists, you can still witness his acts, right? You can still witness the acts of God. And based off of that, you can have a perception of who he is, how he operates, right? But us as believers who are in a relationship with him, we know about his acts, obviously, but we're much more familiar with his ways, and that's kind of what I want people that are not in a relationship with Jesus, and I want them to have an encounter with him. That's what I hope that they see, is that we know his ways, and we're trying to show his ways to them, because that shows a better understanding of God. Does that make sense? Okay. So that was just something small that I got from that message that we talked about on the podcast, but that was 
all last week. It was really good. You can find it on our website if you want to listen to that sermon. But uh, we did wrap up that series, and so we're starting a new message today. This is a standalone message, and it's called A Change of Seasons. And so I think I have a title for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, there we go. A Change of Seasons. And so it's very topical, is what I told somebody this morning, because that's exactly what we're experiencing right now. So the fall season is currently upon us, and I was thinking about this. I think the fall is my favorite season out of all of them. I kind of go back and forth between the fall and the summer, and I feel like every single year it switches. But then the fall time hits, and I'm like, no, this is my favorite. There's a lot to love about fall. I don't know. Do you guys like fall more than any other season? Is there anybody? Okay. I feel like that's a popular opinion, especially for people that live here, because we do get to experience the extremes of every season, and the fall is one of, like, the prettiest. It's one of the times where I like to go hiking, and as much as I like to hike in the summer, I really like to hike in the fall, because that's when people start disappearing from the trails. They're not as busy, and it's, like, kind of cold out, so if you're hot and you're sweaty, it's kind of refreshing. Um, But most of all, in the fall... It's football time. Football's back in the fall. And so I got my Packer hat on today. I'm excited. Uh, we're facing the Patriots, which is even better because I know we're going to win, and that's just going to be a sweet victory. I love football, and I love the Packers. So fall time's perfect for that. Um, my wife, also, her favorite season is fall, and I think the only thing she doesn't like about the fall is football. But it's it's pretty crazy how much she likes the fall. Like, she gets really into decorating. She's really into decorating. She's really good at it. Um, and one morning, you know, we were still having our summer decorations up and everything like that. And I was getting ready for work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to jump in the shower. And if you leave for work before me, before I'm out, like, have a good day. And she's like, okay. So I was in the shower for maybe, like, five, ten minutes. And she told me before I got in the shower, she's like, I'm just looking at our fall decorations and seeing what we can do. And by the time I got out of the shower, I heard her yell from downstairs, and she was like, I'm leaving, love you, bye. And I was like, okay, love you. And I went downstairs, and it was like somebody had come overnight and just transformed our entire place. I mean, there was, like, fake pumpkins everywhere. There was decorative, like, what are those, gourds everywhere. There was, like, these fake leaves everywhere. And we really like the fall, and she really likes decorating for this kind of, like, Halloween time, but there's a lot that we obviously don't love about Halloween. We don't want to like celebrate fear and all the negative stuff that's associated with it. So it's always kind of a challenge on how are we going to decorate, and she does a really good job. But I'm talking, there was like fake spider webs on the bushes outside. There was these like little bat pinups on the stairway leading up to our front door. She changed the patio light bulb to an orange light bulb. This was like in 10 minutes. I have no idea how she did it, but it looked like professional. And so uh, fall is a really good season, but I think the thing that I love the most about the fall, which is ironic because I am colorblind, but still, I think the thing I love the most about the fall is that you get to look out and you see the leaves changing colors, right? You guys obviously know that's... I was going to be like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, everybody knows that. Um, But yes, you get to see the leaves change color, and it's especially beautiful here. I think that's why so many people love the fall time that live here. And so I was kind of thinking about this. Pastor Jay had uh, called me earlier this week and just asked me, you know, if I would be willing to speak and if God had been working anything in my heart. And it just so happened that day, I was like, I don't really have a message brewing or anything like that. It's just as I was driving home, I was looking at the leaves changing color. And I feel like the Lord spoke to me like one little small sentence. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And so now that was the basis of my entire message that we're going off today. And so I was like, okay, let's dive into this. So last night, I kind of looked into it. I'm like, why do the leaves change color? And I realized this is something that I learned when I was like a kid that I just didn't pay attention to at all in school. 
So you guys probably all already know this, and I apologize. But the way that I learn about things now, it's like a tried-and-true method, is I go to YouTube, and I type in what I want to learn about, and I specifically find the, like, elementary school, like, kindergarten lessons, because I know that they'll say it as simple as possible and as plain as possible for me to understand, and then I have a basis to go off of. So, like, when I got saved and I would start reading the Bible, I really only was familiar with the New Testament. So all these people that grew up in kids' church and knew all the Old Testament stories and Bible stories and all that, I was not one of those people. So when they brought it up, and I would even help out in kids' church, I'm like, really? That happened? And so that was a method that I learned back then. I would look up all these, like, kids' messages, and they would give you, like, the basis of the story, but obviously leave out a lot of, like, gritty details in the Old Testament. But it would be nice. It would give you this basis to go off of, and then you could find the scripture that it was talking about, the story it was talking about, and go back and look for yourself and get all the details you needed. So all that to say, I did that to learn about the leaves. And this does have to do with the message, okay? So... (laughs) Pay attention. So if you guys don't know, uh, the whole reason that leaves are green or why you see green, that's a pigment that is given off by something called chlorophyll. Everybody say chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. So chlorophyll's job, it has a role, right? And it has a role in these leaves. And its job is to basically produce this energy and sugars to feed the tree from sunlight, right? You might be familiar with photosynthesis. Plants do the same thing based off of sunlight, carbon dioxide, and I think water is like the other thing that it matters for uh, food for the actual plant. But leaves, you can kind of think of them as solar panels. I think that's kind of what we thought about. Hey, we could probably actually manufacture this for energy for ourselves. But they're like solar panels for trees, right? They collect all this energy from the sunlight, and then they transfer that energy to the tree. Now, in the fall, I don't know if you guys hate this too, but one thing I don't like is we get less and less sunlight. The days start to get shorter, and then we get into the winter, and there's barely, like, any sunlight. Well, Nature actually adapts to that a little bit, and so as there's less sunlight, there's less need for that chlorophyll in the leaves. And so you start to see less and less green because there's less and less chlorophyll to the point where all of a sudden you see all these beautiful colors. That's like the true pigments that you're seeing in the leaves, and then it gets less and less chlorophyll to the point where they're not even needed anymore, right? And so there's less and less sunlight. The leaves don't really have a job to do anymore. And so what do they do? They actually fall off. The tree creates this, like, thin thin layer of cells right at the base and the stem of the leaf until even just a slight breeze can like knock it off. So the tree has all this energy that it's stored up throughout the spring and the summer season into the fall, into the winter, so it can make it through the winter and then springtime hits and then it all cycles back once again. Does that make sense? I like didn't know that. Like I got through school. I remember they taught us that and everything and I just never paid attention to it. So I, I apologize to anybody who already knew that. But, so what does this have to do with anything? Well, as I was talking about it, when Pastor Jay called me, asked if, you know, God was working anything in me, I felt like God was showing me the changing of the seasons and the leaves changing color and everything like that. And I kind of realized that we oftentimes go through a similar thing. When we're going through different seasons of our life, um, there's different times where we need to, and Pastor Susie brought this up a lot with us interns back when I was an intern, but there would be different times of life where, you would have to shift your priority to different areas of your life depending on the season that you're in, right? And God is very much in the midst of that. And so that's kind of what we're looking at today. But speaking of ELN, for those who don't know, ELN stands for Emerging Leaders Network. It was an intense discipleship program we did here at Chapel Valley. A few of us went through it. You're basically asked to 
honestly, you're kind of asked to put your life on pause, like your own plans, your own ambitions and everything like that, and dedicate like two years to the Lord and see how it goes. And so it was 40 hours a week of intense discipleship. Uh, it had like some restrictions that were just to help you kind of focus on the Lord specifically. But in that time, how many of you guys know if you're asked to put your life on pause, that's all well and good, but life's not going to go on pause itself, right? And so a lot of us interns still had very real things happening at home with our families, just outside influences, like life did not slow down while we were in that process. And so because of that and the intense nature of the discipleship, a lot of us would go through times where we were stressed out and we didn't know what to do and we would get really frustrated. And whenever that would happen, Pastor Jay and Pastor Susie would ask us to put our phone down, to grab our journal and go for a walk. And so every single time this happened, it was always a success. And the whole reason of this walk was to actually observe nature. I can't think of one time that somebody came back and didn't have a word from God. Because we weren't out just like bird watching. We weren't out just appreciating nature to like cool off and cool down or anything like that. We were actually meant to be out there to connect to God and look at his creation. And so if we look at Romans 1, uh, verses 20 through 21, this is going to be the first scripture that I kind of go over in this specific message. I know we looked at a few earlier recapping the series. But Romans 1, 20 through 21 says this, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Now, in context, this is actually specifically kind of referring to people that are living unrighteously and need to, you know, they don't have a wit or they don't have an excuse not to have a witness of God's existence and um, having that kind of responsibility, right? And so this is just saying that even if you aren't in a relationship with God or if you haven't been discipled or taught about him or have that witness, we still have no excuse because we have the nature right in front of us as a witness to his creation. And so you don't only see that God creates things by observing nature, but as you observe nature and study it, you realize everything he creates is with intention, right? And that definitely includes us. So as interns, when we would go out with a journal and we'd go on these walks, every time we would come back, we would have a word from God because we would observe all these different things that God had created had intention. They had purpose. Trees have this exact same purpose, right? So just as in changing the seasons, though, there's going to be different things that change in us. And so I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, okay, are there any times that you guys go through seasons of life where you are kind of in a rhythm, you're in a groove, you don't want to change things, but you feel like God's asking you to kind of shift priorities or change seasons? And if you're anything like me, you can be a little bit stubborn with that and want to continue to just do your own thing in your own way because you're comfortable with it. But I thought about it in this whole, like, tree analogy. If there was a tree out there that was like, no, I'm just going to keep my leaves out there. I'm going to keep them green. They're going to produce as much chlorophyll as I want. It's literally, like, wasted energy at this point. I think God would allow it to happen, I guess, if it really wanted to do it. But it's literally just wasted energy. It's not going to thrive in the season that it's currently experiencing. Can you imagine seeing, like, a green I know there's like pine trees and stuff, but I'm talking about like a regular tree. Can you imagine seeing like a regular tree with all these green leaves in the dead of winter? It just seems like it's not, there's not really a a purpose for it. Why does it have all those leaves? It's wasted energy. And I feel like oftentimes we can do the same thing when we want to stay on our own path and what we're familiar with and doing something that we are just in a season of doing, but God's asking us to move forward and move on. 
Now, there's a season for everything, and I think God knows this, um, and he's actually willing to walk through and process those seasons with us. If we look at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, this is like a long list, but it's really, really good. So we're going to read this out loud. Actually, I'm sorry. I will read it out loud because I think I'm going to go a little fast. So I'll read it out loud. But yeah, starting at verse 1 in Ecclesiastes 3, it says this. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pick up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, and a time for war, and a time for peace. So it's no wonder that God is, we were just talking about this this morning in our prayer time, but God is never caught off guard, even in the changing of seasons, right? And so despite what you may be going through, and it might be like a difficult time, or um, it might be like a stressful time, or it might be a time where you just don't like have all the answers, just be rested assured that God is never caught off guard by that, and that it's actually okay to go through that season and experience, what's the word for it? I guess uncertainty in how you are processing things. I'm going to get to this point, which is why I like don't want to give it all away in a second here. But God's just never caught off guard. And the older I get, I think the more that I realize that. See, I look back on my testimony, and I'll look at times like when I was in ELN or when I was a younger teenager or all these different times where I could see what God was doing in my life. And I kind of look at them as a part of my testimony, which it is, but I would look at it more like a part of a bigger picture. Like when I look at the scope of my life, I consider myself about a third of the way through. At least I hope so. (laughs) At least I hope I don't like die tomorrow or something like that. But I think of my life like I'm a third of the way through right now, right? And so everything that God has done in my life, I oftentimes look at it like this big picture where only a third of the portrait is revealed. So I can look at it and be like, all these things that God has done in my life are great and they're good, um, but there's still only like a third of it to be revealed. And until we get there, there's not like that much to observe, right? And I think what God was showing me is, no, 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 you've been through so many different seasons in your life. I've never been caught off guard with any of them. I make all my creations with intentionality. And so even when you're in these seasons where you feel stressed out, you feel like you don't have an answer to things, you feel like you're coasting for weeks, These are all like intentional parts of your testimony that are a whole picture in themselves. Does that make sense? So either rather than my whole life being this giant picture and so far I've only like filled out one third of that picture, it's more like my testimony is a book and every single chapter is like this beautiful picture in itself, right? I think that's what um, something that he wanted to reveal to Chapel Valley today is that no matter what season you're in, like that is a, a chapter and a full picture in itself. And so you might be waiting for that next season to start, or you might be waiting for something to finish, but realize, like, he is intentional about the time that you are in right now, and there's something to get out of it, and there's something he wants to show you, because every single part of our testimony is, like, one full picture in itself. Make sense? Okay, good. I'm glad that we're together. So, yes, God is intentional. The right now matters, and there's always going to be room for him. I'm currently in a season of life that 
also inspired this message, where I feel like I'm entering into a season that is so incredibly busy. Like, I, I don't understand how I got here, but I think I'm the busiest I've ever been right now. That's not to say that I'm not going to get busier. I don't have any kids. I'm aware that it's going to get way more busier when I do. There's a reason I don't have kids. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that, okay? But I'm saying right now, I think this is the busiest I've ever been in my life. And so I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit stressful. I kind of just lost my, my spot here, so bear with me. But it's a little bit stressful. It's a time where I wasn't sure if I should be saying yes to all these different things that were coming my way. And so as I prayed about them, God would show me like, yes, this is something I want you to be about. This is something that I want you to be doing. Um, this is a season of life that I feel like you are supposed to enter into. But I feel like my plate is completely full right now. And it's okay, because I know that God's there in the midst of it, but it's a lot to handle. And so I was telling somebody about this the other day, and they're like, well, you know, God's never going to give you um, more than you can handle. Like, it says that in his word. And I'm like, I'm not a Bible scholar, but that's one of those verses where I'm like, I think you need to look at the scripture a little bit. Like, that's like when people try to tell me that money is the root of all evil. And I'm like, no, it's, it's the love of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> like, there's very important context that we need to look at when we get into his word. And so when they told me that, I knew it was with good intention. And I was like, yep, thank you. Because there is actually something to pull from that. I think, well, we'll look at the scripture and then I'll tell you what I think. But the scripture that they're talking about is from 1 Corinthians 10. And it starts in verse 12. It says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you will be able to endure. 14, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And so this was a message that, or rather a letter that Paul was writing, and it was specifically in the warning against idolatry. But it's talking about you're never going to be tempted beyond your ability to resist it. That's very different from you're never going to go through life to a point where you have more than you can handle, right? I think we all get to points where this is way more than we can handle. And God knows that. Like when I bring back to Ecclesiastes, there's a, a time for everything and a season for everything. You will get to a point, if you haven't already, and you've had times in your life, I'm sure we all have, where it's more than you can handle. And all you really feel like you can do is like sit there and process through it with God, whatever that looks like. If it's crying, if it's trying to just endure through the season, if it's coping in your own way, whatever it is, like, the point of this is that God is always going to be there. I think that's what I try to get out of this. And so when you look at it, it says God is faithful. This is starting in verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So the focus is always to turn back to God. It's not you, you got to stay strong and just go through everything in life like a champion and not show signs of weakness. And if you do, then you need to remember that God's there and pick your head up. It's more that, no, 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 despite what you're going through, know that God is there. And he's asking you to turn your attention towards him. Like, that's what your focus should be on. James 4, uh, starting at verse 6, 6 through 8 says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, this is talking about resisting sin, resisting the devil, going through hard times where you're going to be tempted, but where is the focus? The focus is always on drawing near to God. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Moving on to 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says this, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you guys know what righteousness means? It means to basically be blameless before God. And so to be righteous, the focus is on the heart of God. How do you be blameless before God? Number one, he sees you that way because that's what Jesus paid for. But to actually live that way and walk in that, it requires us to draw near to him in these different seasons that we're going through. Hebrews 13.8, this is the, the, the core or the theme verse. This is like the lifeline for Foursquare, which is our denomination. Uh, it's Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I threw that one in because as even though it's not talking about drawing near to God, it's a reminder that in all of these seasons that we're going through, no matter what it is or how you're processing, the focus should be on God. But it's kind of a reminder that he's always been there in the past. He always is there right now, and he always will be there for the future. So it always is going to uh, point back to him. Now, despite all of this, despite me being in, like, my busiest season ever and being reminded you need to turn back to him, um, I still get to this point right now where I'm exhausted. Like, I was telling Pastor Jay this the other day. I was like, I feel like I have no free time. Like, not even free time to just have fun. I'm talking, like, the free time to decompress that I need. Like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm stressed out sometimes. But there's still this weird um, inkling, I guess, if I could call it anything, of inner peace throughout all of it. And I'm like, why, why is that there? Why do I have that? And I think it's because even though my plate is full, this is one of the rare seasons I've had where I'm so incredibly busy I really do feel like everything on my plate is something that God has placed there. Like, there's nothing where I'm like, okay, God, what do I need to take out of my life in order to make room for you? I feel like right now, the majority of my plate is all things that involve him. And so because of that, even knowing I'm really busy, even knowing I'm really stressed out and all this kind of stuff, I still have this, like, column of inner peace in me. People were even asking me the other day, they're like, yeah, you're speaking tomorrow, I think Justin was asking me, he's like, you're speaking tomorrow. What are you speaking on? And I was like, oh, I don't really know. And he was like, what? You're not ready? I'm like, well, I do know in my head, but I haven't, like, prepared it yet. He's like, you speak tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> it's all good. I have this, like, inner peace in me because I really do feel like everything he's doing in me or everything he's asked of me is something that I've said yes to, and my plate being full are all things that he placed there. And so if you look at his scripture, it makes sense why I feel that. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, excuse me, jeez. Philippians 4, 7, it says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's this peace of God that I'm experiencing right now, and it confuses other people, it confuses me. Why am I not, like, stressed out beyond belief with all of these different things and responsibilities I'm having right now? Well, it's because it's supposed to surpass all, all understanding, Right? And not only do I have that peace, but that peace has a function. It has an intention that God created to be put there, right? It's supposed to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. 
which means as long as I'm operating in my identity, which is in Christ, I can rest assured that my heart is guarded by that same peace that he put there. Does that make sense? The reason that it's important to understand that and the function of it is because you kind of need to be aware of what's happening when you're in that midst of that season. And so I feel like that's what, what God is trying to point to me right now. Now, we all know that uh, scripture in that verse, and I think there's another verse that oftentimes, in my head at least, I always think of it like as a different part of the Bible for some reason. And these are always looked at as like two different things. But these are literally back to back. This is Philippians 4, 7. If you go back one verse to Philippians 4, 6, it's another extreme, extremely popular verse, which says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So this is literally the verse right before that. If you have that as a context to go off of, and we know that that's how we're supposed to approach everything right now, then you follow it up with Philippians 4, 7, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. I think what this is showing and saying is that when you're in a relationship with God, you can experience life to the full like we just experienced or talked about. You can experience like the peace of God and have it guard your heart and everything like that. But it's not an automatic passive thing. It's very much so a dynamic relationship that we have with God, right? That is all kind of a byproduct and one of the benefits that we get from being in this active relationship with God. Again, it doesn't happen automatically, but when we're not anxious about anything and everything we do with prayer and supplication, we make our request known to him. That's when he gets to answer back and we get to experience that peace, and it's very much personal for us. He's very much aware of what's going on in your life. It's not just a blanket statement for all of us. It's us making our requests known to him, our specific requests. And within that, he promises us that peace that guards our hearts in, my, in Christ Jesus. And so I'm, that's kind of like the end of the verses that I have, but I think what I wanted to point out to people is that we talked about seasons and we talked about how he has all these different creations, including us, not just nature. And in every single season, we have different um, priorities and shifts and importance that we're supposed to weigh and put on in our life. But it's not just like I can look at this season being spring. I can look at this season being summer. I can look at this season being fall. I can look at this season being winter. There's those in-between seasons as well. There's the transition period. And that's kind of the the time that I feel like a lot of us get uncomfortable. God's asked me to take on a, a couple different jobs right now, and I'm like more busy than I've ever known. Again, I feel like I have no downtime or anything like that, but it's something that I feel like God's asked me to do. And so I'm in the midst of transition right now. And I was like, man, I don't think, like, is transition time just where you're supposed to buckle down and kind of just wait for it to pass until you're comfortable again? Like, we all hate when the winter time comes because it gets colder. But come, like, February, you might still hate it, but you're used to it at that point, right? You're probably waking up in the morning and immediately, before you leave for the day, going to your coat closet. You're not leaving for the day and halfway through wishing you brought your coat with you. You're used to it, right? But I think the, the transition point is something that we all just wait to get through until we're in the full swing of the season. But that transition point is something that God wants to do in and through you, and have that be that completed picture we talked about earlier, it's supposed to be a part of your testimony. 
And I, I don't know who this was for, but as I was writing the message, I do feel like God wanted me to bring this up because somebody in this room, other than me, or maybe listening online, is going through this transition season in your life where you're not completely asked to dump all the responsibilities off of something you've been doing for a while, and you're not completely asked to only just pick up the new things. It's actually a both end. And so I want to show a picture that's going to kind of wrap this up, so I'm going to invite the worship team up. But I want to show you this picture that I took. This was after one of my shifts back when I worked at Starbucks, okay? So this is like maybe 10 minutes away. There's a tree there, and I went to work that morning. It was like, I think... Probably 4.30 when I woke up. I think I got there at like 5-something. And uh, when I got there, it was all dark. I couldn't see anything. But we were in the midst of a time similar to this, except we were obviously experiencing snowfall. And when I finished my shift and I left, I saw this tree. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a tree that's like that evenly split down the middle. Of One side is like completely experiencing the transition of winter, and the other is still into fall. And it was really weird. And I'm talking the next day that I went, there was a lot more snow and a lot more leaves that had covered. So in that specific moment that I saw it, I caught it in like a mid-transition, which I just thought was crazy. But I show this picture, and I have it saved in my camera roll because I, I just I think it's an interesting observation. But I'm glad I still have it because I do feel like when I was writing the message for today, um, that was the kind of thing that God was pointing out that somebody might be going through that you're in the midst of this transition season right now, where you're not supposed to completely dump off all the responsibilities and priorities that he's asked you to from the previous season, and you're not supposed to only focus on the new ones, but you're actually in the midst of balancing both, and that can be a lot. But this transition period of balancing both, I think there's something he wants to show you through that. It's not just about enduring that season of being like heavily loaded and having like two different jobs to do at the same time and trying to thrive in this transition season. It's, it's, it's important to notice that that heavy workload is intentional. And so you might feel stressed out from it. You might be having a hard time processing it. And that's 100% okay. I mean, we experience like loved ones passing away. We experience financial debt. We experience all sorts of things that are really serious. And that's why when people say, God's never going to give you more than you can handle, I'm like, I think you need to look at the scripture a little bit better because it's not just about trying to endure something like that and putting on like a brave face. God's in the midst of these difficult times with you all the time. And you can process it through and it's normal and it's okay to know that the way that you're processing is normal. The important part is that in the midst of that process, you know God is there and that you turn towards him. And so if you're in this transition period where you feel like you have all these different responsibilities between these two transitions of life, I would just encourage you that there is beauty to be found in that, that God is writing that chapter of your story, and that is a full picture in itself. But to know that the important thing is to turn to him, to get into his word, because he's going to speak to you through that. And if you need somebody to talk to through that, we're going into groups about to launch right now. And that's exactly what those are kind of designed to do. There are plenty of resources and, uh, and tools available for you. But just know that, again, it's our theme verse, but Hebrews 13, 8, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you read the Bible and you read stories about him always being there and being faithful to his people, that's literally the exact same God that we serve today and that we'll serve forevermore. And to just rejoice in that. We sang this morning that, Fear cannot survive. I don't remember exactly how it's worded, but fear cannot survive in the midst of us rejoicing. 
And so if you don't know what to do, you don't know how to hear from God, you don't know how to pray to God, you feel like you are praying and you haven't heard from him, I would encourage you at a minimum to rejoice and praise him for what you know he is. You might be like, I don't even know like what to say to him or, or what to call him. And I would just say, start by saying that he is mighty and he is faithful. That's how I start. When I'm supposed to just sing out praise and I don't know what to sing, I usually start with you are faithful. Because I know at a minimum, even if I don't feel like that's true in the season of life that I am, I can look at the Bible, I can recall testimonies from other people where I know for a fact that he is faithful. And so I know it to be true. And as I sing that out, I begin to get more words because as you are worshiping and praising him, you're operating in alignment with who he's created you to be. This is all tracking. Good. So if you're in this transition season or if you feel like your plate is full, I would encourage you at a minimum to know that he is there and that if you shout out praise, we just sing it, if you shout out praise, that fear can't survive in that atmosphere and he's going to begin to move in your life. And so why don't you join me as we uh, enter into this prayer and wrap up in worship. But Father God, I thank you that um, in the midst of whatever we are going through, Lord, that you are always there. That the focus is to be on you. and But Lord, that's not just about putting on a brave face and operating at our um, best capacity or whatever it may be. But Lord, as we naturally process through things that are foreign to us, um, seasons of life that are difficult for us, uh, stress, anxiety, uh, whatever it may be, God, that you are still in the midst of that. And you're not just waiting for us to, to, to have time heal as it would be. You're not just waiting for it to pass. No, Lord, you want to have an active relationship with us in that. Lord, that we can at least... Uh, no matter how we're feeling, we can still shout out a genuine shout of praise to you and have that uh, come into alignment with who you are, come into alignment with who we are, and have that creator and creation dynamic uh, relationship between us, Lord, that that father-son, that father-daughter relationship between us, where we see you move based on our requests made known to you, that you bring us that peace that's promised to us. God, I just thank you for being faithful and a present God that we can always look back on those promises. And despite how many times we've said them, despite how many times we've read them or heard them, Lord, that they still remain true and they will forever remain true. And so God, I pray that we would keep that intentionality um, at the forefront of our mind as we enter into this closing time of worship and shout out our praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.